Pastor Ed Taylor on where to find hope in a world that seems to be spinning out of control. When we look at the world around us, it's chaos and confusion. There's moral decay and decadence. I mean, if that's all we're looking at, this world, then anxiety is going to be rushing in because this world is out of control. I don't need to tell you that. We must choose to stand upon the Word of God and to trust His Word. It's true, despite what you see in the world today. The only hope of this world out of control is the good news of Jesus Christ. That's the only hope. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. We hope you're ready for a great time in the Word today on Abounding Grace. We're in Hebrews chapter 4. Rest, peace, safety, and joy. Wouldn't you like to experience that today? Maybe it seems like a distant dream that's out of reach. Well, I'm happy to say we can obtain it through faith in Jesus. Today, Pastor Ed Taylor shows us five reasons we can rest in Jesus and how to experience what I just described. His Bible study today is titled, Enjoy the Rest of God. This is a Bible study I've been wanting to teach for a long time, for many weeks now. In a summary, before we move on to the next chapter, I want to summarize the enjoyment that you and I can have in the rest of God, the true rest and peace that's available to us in Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4. The Lord has a rest for us. If you're a born-again believer today, if you have surrendered your life to God through His Son by faith in Jesus Christ, then the rest of God is already yours. A rest, a peace of mind. You know, the Bible declares God to be the God of peace. The Bible declares God to be the God of all comfort and mercy and grace. And the peace of God is available to you. All that's left for you to enjoy it is faith, trusting God. Jot it down in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. The Bible declares, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Peace comes by faith. And it's a blessing to everyone that trusts in God. There is a perfect peace available to us. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. But what I have found as I observe the body of Christ today, that much of the Christian experience is actually characterized by overpowering sin and anxiety and bondage and loneliness and strained relationships and discouragement and struggles and even depression. 
But that's not what God desires for us in living the abundant life. Because throughout the Bible, especially in the chapter before us, we're reminded that rest, peace, safety, joy, abundance are all yours by faith, by believing God, and not by your works. It's Jesus Christ that paid the price. It's not dependent upon your performance. And I believe some listening today actually believe that you receive the peace of God when you've had a good day, when you've done good deeds, when you feel like you've read your Bible enough, or when you feel like you've served God enough, that you think, wow, as soon as I have attained some level of works in my life, then automatically I'll start to enjoy the peace of God. But that's not what Jesus teaches us. We learn from the scriptures that peace comes by faith, that it's already yours. You just tap into it by believing what God has already done for you. It's not your prayer life that will bring peace, and it's not your Bible reading, and it's not the gifts of God or the talents that you may have. It's not your abilities that bring rest. Rest is found in a person, not in a series of works. And that person has already completed the work for you on the cross, that rest is found in him. The answers to the issues in our lives is not something we must do, but rather the answer is someone we must enjoy, an act of our will in believing God. So today in Hebrews chapter 4, I want to remind us of five reasons why we can rest in Jesus Christ. So if you're taking notes, jot these down. Number one, we can rest in Jesus because he saved our souls. He saved us. This is one of the greatest truths that we can know and believe, our salvation. When we repented of our sins, when you were born again, the rest of God was immediately yours in that moment, in that millisecond of change, in what happened in the spiritual realm that we didn't see, but we fully experienced. In that moment, the rest of God was yours, all of it. It wasn't given in pieces. It wasn't given over time. All of the true rest and peace of God was yours and mine when we were born again. And we're encouraged today to know that I can't save myself. Only God can save. He alone rescues. Not only do I not have to save myself, but I can't. Instead, we've entered into the perfect righteousness of Christ. Notice verse 1 of chapter 4. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. And that's the great issue, isn't it? The undermining of our faith, the undermining of our belief, the very connection that we have with God to enjoy all that is ours is faith. Notice verse 3, for we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Notice verse 10. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did 
from his. We realize today, now, in this moment, that it's all of what God has done and continues to do through Jesus for us, not our own efforts, not our own abilities. And what that means is if you have a bad day, rest is still yours by faith. If you said a dumb thing, rest is still yours by faith. It's by faith in a person that God's grace is sufficient to give you the rest that you're looking for so that you might enjoy it. This is known as the grace of God and His goodness. Do you know the grace of God encompasses our entire life? For example, God has given us grace for salvation. There's a Bible word for that. It's justification. God has given you the grace to be saved. Secondly, God has given you the grace for your spiritual growth. There's a Bible word for that. It's known as sanctification, the process of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. But also, God has given you the grace for his eternal hope that when he says, when he says that he will complete what, whatever God has begun in you, he will be faithful to complete it, he completes it through his grace. And that Bible word is glorification. Now, a few years ago, we went through the book of Romans together. We spent about three and a half years studying that book verse by verse. And we went in depth studying the beautiful truths of justification, sanctification, and glorification. I'd encourage you to go study them and be encouraged by the work of God in your life and His grace. It's so wonderful to know and be reminded today, I can rest because it's His work and not my own. I can rest in Jesus Christ because He saved my soul. And God wants his kids to rest securely in that he saved us and that he'll faithfully take care of us in all the difficulties and challenges that we will inevitably face. Number two, we can rest in Jesus Christ because God's word is true. God's word is true. Notice again in verse 12, Hebrews chapter 4. God's word is true. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. What God has said in the past is true in the present. There is not one word of God that hasn't come to pass in his will and his timing. Every word of God is true. His word is sure and steadfast. His word is powerful. It is sharp. It declares. It reveals. Everything about the word of God will bring to you and me the rest that we're looking for. God's word. Turn over to Genesis chapter 1. Let's just consider one aspect of the word of God today. You'll recall when there was nothing, God spoke forth something. When there was nothing, and nothing to be seen, God's word created. God's word spoke. Notice in chapter 1, Genesis, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then notice in verse 3, then God said, verse 6, then God said, verse 9, then God said, verse 14, then God said, then verse 20, then God said. Verse 24, then God said. Verse 26, then God said. Listen, the word of God brings rest. It's powerful. The same power that spoke the world into existence, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in you today 
by faith. That there is nothing that you will face that God's word doesn't speak to this very moment and that his word is true. And I know sometimes our feelings lie to us and I just don't believe that's true. And I just don't believe that God is still speaking forth his word and still bringing his word alive in my life. And I know feelings can lie. But we can rest in what God has told us and we can rest that his promises will come to pass and we can rest in the reality that God, he is so confident in his word that he put it down in writing. He wrote it down. He said, trust it. Think about all of the history of men and women that have become hypercritical of the Bible. Maybe you've met a few. Oh, you don't believe that's just fairy tales. Oh, that's just a fairy tale. Those are just myth. Listen, the Bible is no fairy tale because fairy tales don't change lives. I've been to a, hey, I've been to a Disney movie, didn't change my life. I've watched a lot of fairy tales, didn't change my life. But when the word of God was open and declared to me the love of God and the truth of God, God used his word to bring new life into me. And now from that day forward, I can trust his word at every turn. And so can you. It's not a fairy tale. Listen, the Bible has outlasted all of its critics. And you know the people that are criticizing the Bible today? The Bible outlasts them too. Because the Bible is eternal. The word of God will not cease. And God is so confident in his word that he put it down in writing. And he says, test me on it. I'll predict things in the future that you'll know when they come to pass, you'll know that I'm God. And he's done that over and over and over again. But you know, there are things that unsettle us and disrupt our rest. What the Bible would refer to as those things that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. Or what we learn in the Garden of Eden, one of the tools that is always thrown at us are lies. Things that would challenge our belief in God's word. And even practical things in our lives, personal troubles, doubts, fears, challenges, anxieties. And as we look at the things that we're personally going through, the challenges that we're personally facing, no matter what we see and no matter what we feel, God's word is true. And here's one of the truths that you can hold on to in any situation. The Bible says, and we know, and we know that all things work together for good for those that love God and those that are called according to his purpose. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that to be true. That, that is the truth. We know that all things work together for good. Over and over again, we see God's faithfulness to those who love him and those whom he saved. I am certain that if you look back far enough, you will see a circumstance in your life where you didn't understand what was happening, you didn't really want it in your life, you really wanted to get as far away from it as you possibly could, you couldn't possibly see any good that could come out of that situation, but now looking back with, like in the rear view mirror of life, you go, oh, I can see what God was doing then. I didn't like it, I wouldn't wanna experience it again, but I can see how God is beginning to use that for his glory and my ultimate good. And, and how do you see that? You see that with the eyes of faith. You believe God and you trust his word. As we believe God's word, we rest. It settles our heart. There's no other book on the planet earth that will settle your heart. Oh, it might speak things into your mind and it might give you some lofty ideas and it might give you some opinions on how to handle your situation, but the rest of God only comes through the word of God 
as you enjoy it by faith. If I make the choice, if we make the choice to look only at our circumstances and only at our difficulties and only our challenges and being overwhelmed by the pain, then I'm telling you, discouragement and depression are knocking on the door. They're right there. The longer we look at situations, the bigger they become. The more we, we, we start to think, oh man, this is too much. It's going to be crazy. You know, you're walking at night, getting something to drink down in the kitchen, and you stub your toe. Oh, ouch! You get back to bed, you wake up in the morning, it's green and blue. You've never seen these colors before. So what do you do? You go to WebMD. Bad idea. Because as you're looking at the colors in the stub toe, before you know it, you have every disease you've never heard of. Don't go to WebMD. It don't mess with your head, man. But isn't it true? You have challenges and difficulties. Instead of turning to the Word of God, you just start thinking about it. And you go, oh, this is so hard. And oh, this is so difficult. And this doesn't happen. And that doesn't happen. And what about this over here? And I'm not sure about it over here. And before you know it, you've got every doubt and anxiety you didn't even know existed because of that simple choice to not trust God at His Word. To not take the next step by faith, moment by moment, thought by thought sometimes. The problem that we have is that our flesh doesn't want to believe God. There's a battle between the lust of the flesh and the lust of the spirit. There's a battle that goes on. Like the disciples, they said what we all think. They said, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus looks and said, oh, the spirit is willing, but... The flesh is so weak. It's true. This is where faith comes into play, church, where I choose to believe. Because as I believe, see, no matter what I experience, God wastes nothing in my life. I belong to Him. He's working all things together for my good, for His glory. And as I believe that, rest rushes in, knowing that God is faithful. By faith, I can look at my problems and say, this isn't going to be as bad as I think. This isn't going to harm me the way that I fear that it will harm me. Why? Because the reality is this. In some way, in God's timing, He's advancing me in maturity and growth in my relationship with Him and taking that peace, no matter how bitter and how hard and how challenging, He's working it together for good because He's a sovereign God in control of all things. You feel like today that things are out of control? If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you serve the God of control. It may be outside of your abilities, but not outside of God's ability. Where do we learn that from? God's word. God says that of himself and has proven himself over and over again. Faith defeats the flesh. Faith defeats your flesh. I can't see it right now, but by faith I lay hold of the promise of God. And for every issue here today, every difficulty, every errant thought, every lie, there is a scripture of truth to take down the lies of the enemy. That if you will simply trust God at his word, rest will be restored. When we look at the world around us, it's chaos and confusion. There's moral decay and decadence. I mean, if that's all we're looking at, this world, then anxiety is going to be rushing in because this world is out of control. I don't need to tell you that. 
The only way that you don't see that this world is out of control is you are willingly covering your eyes and not acknowledging the absolute absurdity of the world in which we live. It's out of control. And and it is out of control because God said it would be. Because we are living in a time period known as the last days. We need to be in the Word of God now more than ever. It helps us to maintain the right perspective when everything is crumbling around us. We're enjoying a study in Hebrews here on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is our teacher on the program, and you can hear these studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com and also through the Calvary Church app. Check out Ed's blog at EdTaylor.org and look for his podcast, Lead to Serve, on Apple Podcasts. That's lead, the number two, serve. There he discusses the value of servant leadership. Thank you for remembering Abounding Grace in your giving to the Lord. Every gift that comes in goes right to ministry. It plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you Skip Heitzig's book, How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It. Maybe you're not getting a lot out of your time in the Word these days, or you're unsure how to go about it. Allow Pastor Skip to help you through this wonderful book. To order it today, call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. If you'd just like to make a donation to the ministry and not interested in the book, you can donate safely and securely at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, tomorrow is Good Friday, and we'll be gathering together at noon here at Calvary Church in Aurora. Would you tell our listeners what we have planned for that special service, as well as our upcoming resurrection celebration? Yes, tomorrow is our Good Friday service. We have it here at noon, in person, in the building. It's only an hour-long service, so it's designed for you to be able to take a lunch from your work and be here and it's a rather solemn service. Uh, we do sing together, and then we, then I explain biblically and practically what it was like to be scourged and what it was like to be crucified, what it did to the body of our Savior, how it made the disciples feel, why they would possibly— you read the Bible sometimes and you think, how in the world could they possibly run away from Jesus in his most desperate time of need? But as you understand what was happening at the time, you can have some compassion on those disciples that decided, I can't deal with this. I can't see it. I can't experience it. I don't want to. Uh, and we we end in prayer, and then we kind of leave solemn. There's no—it's not a celebration service, if you, you, know, if you will, uh, because the celebration comes on the resurrection services. And while we don't wait three days to celebrate the resurrection because of our service times, uh, it is celebrating. So we'll be here Saturday— night. We have a Saturday night service normally, but we add one for capacity. So four o'clock, six o'clock, and then we're going to wake up super early in the morning at 645 service, 845 and 1045 right here at Calvary Church. More information on all that is calvaryco.church. CO stands for Colorado. So calvaryco.church and all the information of our services. There is no RSVP anymore, so just come as you are. We have reasonable distancing, the best of our ability. Uh, we have face coverings while you're on the property, but you get used to them. 
I know it's been a long, hard road, but you'll get used to the restrictions. We do extra cleaning. We've got extra precautions up uh, that will probably stay with us. Uh, many of them, we'll, we're going to keep cleaning at a higher level. We just learn to uh, grow. Uh, so we'll take the best care of you that we possibly can. That's my whole point. We'll mitigate the risks that are out there as much as possible. I'm pretty confident we're cleaner. We, we are cleaner than your local grocery store or the stores you shop. I'm, I'm pretty confident of that because I, I watch the team, and even I get to participate uh, at time where we, we spray all the chairs and we wipe down everything. So I say that just to say, come as you are. Let's worship this weekend. Let's start with Good Friday if you can make it. You can join us online as well, but it is a celebration, and we are grateful that God is doing a, a huge work in our lives, and we want to participate in it, we want to celebrate it, and we want to tell others about His life-giving salvation that's available to them. So if you missed any of that, just come by calvaryco.church. And by the way, we live stream those services if you live outside the area or can't make it out for one reason or another. That's calvaryco.church. We're going to break away from Hebrews tomorrow so we can bring you a special message from Pastor Ed Taylor called I Am Life. It's a perfect lead-in to the Resurrection Weekend ahead of us, and that's coming away Friday on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.